0: Well, hello, everybody. You knew this intro would be somewhat uh, bombastic, given that the Arizona Greenbacks are your RBA 2021 champions, champions of the league. And uh, it was quite a series. We went the full seven against the Dunedin Clear Blues, a very strong team in their own right, for sure. And uh, we prevented them from becoming the only Uh, three peat in RBA history. It's hard to do this in any league, even in a sort of smaller league, 12 team league like the RBA. Uh, For example, it has never been done. No team has ever successfully three peated in the HHA, my hockey league. And we are in the 58th season of that hockey league. And I don't think it's ever been done in the uh, other modern day baseball league that JR and I are in either. This is the TCBA. It's been around for like almost 50 years, 47 years or something. I don't think it's been done in that league either. So obviously not uh, not an easy feat to three-peat. Uh, there is a two-time defending champion in my hockey league right now, but they are unlikely. It's not impossible, but they're unlikely certainly to three-peat. So um, yeah, this was Arizona's fourth uh, league championship, and it would have been Dunedin's fourth as well. If you'll recall, those of you who've been following the history of the league, Dunedin won its first RBA championship all the way back in 2012. I'm going off memory here, but I'm pretty sure that's right. 2012, Dunedin won the, uh, won the RBA championship. They had been to the RBA championship once before that when they lost to Cooper in 2009. If all mistakes are mine on this, I'm going off memory, but I think that's correct. Anyhow... Uh, so congratulations to me, I guess, <laughs> and uh, and also to Josh Tingler who put together a very strong team in 2021, and as we'll see, has another strong team in 2022. Uh, Jr, whenever you listen to this, please send me the plaque. I uh, I want that. So anyway, we're not going to we're not going to talk uh, anymore about the 2021 championship. Some people got to see it, the rest got the file from Jr, but it did go all seven games. Arizona prevailing in that one. And what we're going to spend this podcast talking about, this is the exciting one. This is the big one, in, in a sense, for me and probably for the, the listener base as well. Um, opening day. Opening day. Now, JR has, you know, the, has managed to get the file out, actually, as of this morning. I think he said he wanted to get it out last night. He got it out this morning, if I remember correctly. And uh, a couple of series have already been played. I have not played my series yet against the uh, ooh, Atlanta. I think. I think. I think I play the Avalanche. I don't even know. I do know that I'm at home, however. So uh, let's see here. I mean, if our, if the commissioner cannot screw things up, and I know that he was upset with me um, for calling him Vladimir Putin. He said it was you know too soon and all that sort of thing, <laughs> given what's going on right now. So uh, I do apologize. Um, I do apologize to our Ukrainian listener base, uh, all of them. I did not mean to confuse. I did not mean to confuse our commissioner um, with Vladimir Putin. Right? I, I didn't want to confuse Vladimir Putin with our actual commissioner. I got the identity wrong. Um, our actual commissioner, of course, is Adolf Hitler. Too soon? Too soon, Jr. Still too soon? Anyway. Uh, he's terrible. We know this. Uh, I'm not saying anything we don't already know. So let's talk a little bit about the 2022 RBA season, shall we? It has just begun. And I will kick this off by reading the spreadsheet scores first going into RBA weekend. So pre-RBA weekend. uh, And then after everything, you know, after the dust settled on everything, the auction, the draft, and, and the trades that have been made right up until now. I'm pretty sure my spreadsheet has everything incorporated. It's been some work, uh, especially with all the trading that's happened. I mean, this is insane. But I think, I think we are up to date. So as always, I'm going to go top to bottom by division. The average spreadsheet score is an, is an 80. And I'll try to, from time to time, um, talk about sort of the win total projections that, are, that, that these scores correspond to. So in any case, let me pull up the spreadsheet from before RBA weekend. All right. So again, the average is normalized to 80. It's pegged to 80. And here goes, Lead, going into RBA weekend. So a couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, whatever, we, uh, we had the following, um, following setup here. This is what it looked like. So in the Larkin division, leading the way with a tremendous score of 156. Again, this is before RBA weekend, but you are talking about potentially one of the greatest teams of all time here. That corresponds to 108.6 wins out of 162, which doesn't really happen in baseball very often at all. The Elm Grove Cardinals. uh, Cardinals uh, had a terrible season in 2021 and 2020, and they've bounced back in a big way. 156 for Elm Grove in second place. With a score of 124, that's borderline great, and I would say on the great side of that borderline. Uh, For example, it corresponds to about 97 wins. The Las Vegas effect. All right, in third place in the Larkin division, pre-RBA weekend. With a score of 117, this is probably just on the other side of that border, 94 and a half wins about. The Dunedin Clear Blues. All right, then we have a drop-off. With a score of 65, so we're talking about 75 and a half wins the Arizona Greenbacks, not likely to repeat. Uh, Then another drop to to a score of 42, that's 67 wins, the Atlanta Avalanche. They had done some selling off even before RBA weekend, if you'll recall. And finally, with a score of 10, that's about 55 and a half wins, the Ahmedabad Titans. That's the Larkin division pre-RBA weekend. Now on to the pucket. All right, leading the pucket with a score of 122, 96 and a half wins, the Berea Bombers. In second place in the pucket, with a score of 113 or 93 wins, the Susquehanna Spitfires. With a score in third place, with a score of 89, the Middletown Mounties, a little bit above average. Uh, Let's see, in fourth place now, here's a big drop off as well, uh, with a score of 49. 70 wins. The Lopatcong Lumberjacks with a score of 47 in a virtual tie with Lopatcong. Fifth place, Fort Duquesne. And finally, bringing up the rear with a score of 26, about 100 lost teams. 61 and 101, something like that. The Silver City Vultures definitely rebuilding um, after a rough major league season for their players. So this was how things looked going into RBA weekend, okay? And obviously a lot can and does change during RBA weekend. So here, here is where everything stands, not only right after RBA weekend, but after the few trades that have been made since RBA weekend. Again, this should be up to date as of right now, right now being March 28th. Uh, Okay, so here goes. Leading the Larkin. With a score of 164, we're starting to talk about arguably the greatest team of all time, probably not quite, but like top five, Uh, the Elm Grove Cardinals. That score of 164 works out to 111.4 projected wins, 111.4 projected wins in a 162-game Major League season pretty crazy. In second place in the Larkin with a score of 140. Now, this is also super great status, I would say. Uh, For example, it corresponds to 102.9 predicted wins, the Dunedin Clear Blues. With a 139, literally one point behind Dunedin, you have the Las Vegas effect, like a half a win behind them, basically. The Las Vegas effect. Uh, in fourth place, in the Larkin, with a score of 78, pretty much the definition of league average, we have the Arizona Greenbacks, again with a 78. In fifth place, dropping all the way down to an 18, the Ahmedabad Titans, 58-59 wins. And finally, in last place, after an, an incredible amount of selling off, with a score of four, that is 53.5 projected wins, almost 110 projected losses. The Atlanta Avalanche, they, uh, they've they sold off all the way, um, pretty much a, a fire sale. I'm not sure what else they have to sell, but uh, they may not be done. I, I don't know. All right. So that's how the Larkin looks right now, according to the Almighty Hobbs spreadsheet. Caveats always apply. The Pucket division looks as follows. In first place, according to the Hobbs spreadsheet, with a score of 151, that's 106.8 projected wins. The Susquehanna Spitfires, 151, with a score of of uh, of 142, not that far behind. A few wins. The Berea Bombers. Nobody's surprised that this team is as good as they are, or at least very, very good. they th- this spreadsheet has them as being a, you know, above 100 win team and. Pretty impressive. Uh, they're in second place, and then there's a big drop to Middletown with an 85, similar to Arizona, pretty much a league average team. Uh, an 85 for Middletown, fourth place. We drop all the way down to a 30, and that is Low Pat about a hundred loss team. Then at a 28, we have Silver City, right behind Low Pat And in last place in, in the pocket division, and in last place overall, with a score of negative 19. One of the worst teams we have ever seen and this this was a this was a, this was a lot of I guess a lot of trading involved, just a lot of selling off, including to Arizona, but to other teams too. negative uh, 19 corresponds to 45 predicted wins out of 162. 45 and 117, the Fort Duquesne Corsairs. this is this team ranks up there with the 2016 effect, the 2017, I'm going off memory here, the 2017 Cardinals, the 2018 Fort Duquesne Corsairs, the 2020 Cardinals, and probably the 2021 Cardinals at the end of the season. The worst teams we've seen in recent history. And, you know, obviously it ranks down there with uh, some of the worst of all time before then as well. So pick whichever teams you want to out of that pile. And speaking of piles, well, this, well, uh, you do not want to be downwind of this season's Fort Duquesne Corsairs. Um, yeah, bring a, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Bring a nose guard or something, or right, whatever. All right. So anyway, that those are the spreadsheet scores as of right now. I believe they're all up to date. And here's what else I did. I ran the preplays as I uh, as I do. Um, it's kind of nice to do this before the season has begun. Give everybody some idea of what they're doing. Uh, of, of what the league looks like. Um, obviously, we haven't really gotten into the sturm and drang of the regular season yet, so a lot of drama still to still to be witnessed and experienced. But but uh, I actually had to run these pre-plays twice, not once but twice. So I'm actually trying to pull them up right now as I speak because I think I have them. <laughs> I should have them. Um, give me a second here. Anyway, uh, let's see. Did I? I may I may have closed these. That would be hilarious. Oh, no, I didn't. This is a live action, me figuring out what the hell's going on right here. Okay, I've got them. I've got them. So I was just saying that I had to run the preplays twice. And the reason is I ran them. I ran what I always do, just to fill anybody in who's not sure. What I always do is I run 20 full season, that is to say 162 game um, preplays before the season begins, I use five different micromanagers four times each. And I tend to use the ones who are used the most in the actual uh, leagues that I'm in. So that would be Butch Kelly two, Buck Miller two, Buck Miller four, Buck Miller five, and Cap Anson four. Cap Anson. Wow. Cap Spalding four. Uh, So four times each for those five managers. And I ran 20 of these things like maybe a week ago. And then there were a bunch of trades. And because it doesn't take long, it really does not take long for me to run 20 of these things. Um, earlier today, and maybe last night a little bit, I ran 20 more with the updated rosters. Um, I have to do a few things when I do this. These preplays are not perfect, but I tend to trust them a good bit. They, I, I don't tell my spreadsheet I said this, but if forced to choose, I would uh, I'd put my faith in the, in the preplays before the spreadsheet scores, but I'll compare the two. Anyway, uh, here goes. I will... Um, so I reran these, oh, and I, I added one player, two players actually, one innocuous pitcher, one innocuous hitter to each team because we seem to be having more usage problems now than before, probably having to do with the way baseball is played these days uh, and the low usage on a lot of guys, especially pitchers. That's my guess. So anyway, I, uh, I created, I've never done this before, but I created players. You can do this on Advanced Draft if you have the APBA baseball program. And I, I created players and I named them after good old 1990s hockey goons because that's the way I do things. So Jay Caulfield and uh, Link Gates are on everybody's team. God help us all. One one is a pitcher, one is a position player. And I still had some usage issues after that, but I did the best I could. So anyway, that's enough on that. Let's come up with the... Uh, the scores, I put lineups and rotations in for every team and tried to tried to optimize the usage as best I could. Again, it's not easy, but uh, here goes. So I mentioned the spreadsheet scores, and I was thinking there might be a problem with the spreadsheet because that dispersion between the good teams and the bad teams was just incredible. Let's see if that translates over, let's see if that translates over to the, um, the, the, the pre-plays. Here goes, leading the Larkin division. With an average of, I kid you not, 107.3 wins. One of the highest totals I've ever seen. The Elm Grove Cardinals. So I think I, I think my spreadsheet picked them to win 111. Um, apparently, the, uh, this is pretty much right on it. Just a few wins behind. 107.3 for Elm Grove. They made the playoffs 20 out of 20 times. All right. In second place in the Larkin Division. With an average of 102. 102 wins. The Las Vegas effect. They made the playoffs 19 out of 20 times. They did miss once. Third place in the Larkin division with an average win total of 95.3, the Dunedin clear blues. So far the team's pretty much where the spreadsheet had pegged. the pretty much almost exactly where the spreadsheet pegged them. Dunedin finished a bit lower actually. I had Dunedin at about a 103. Uh, average wins by the spreadsheet, they finish with 95.3 here. They make the playoffs only nine times out of 20 with a 95-win team. That is kind of incredible to me. But uh, anyway, there is uh, more disparity this season, I think, than maybe ever in league history. All right, fourth place in the Larkin with an average of 79.3 wins, um, pretty much right online with the spreadsheet, the Arizona Greenbacks 0 playoff appearances though in 5th place in the Larkin the expansion well they're not expansion anymore but the second year Ahmedabad Titans with an average of 63.7 uh pre-play wins no playoff appearances 63.7 and then Atlanta bringing up the rear 6th place 55.4 average pre-play wins 55.4 that is a that's a rough number obviously no playoff appearances. <clears throat> Moving over to the Puckett division, winning the Pucket division with an average of 103.9 wins. So my spreadsheet actually doesn't seem to be off. I went ahead and even took like 10 minutes or so and compared it to the past few season spreadsheets to just make sure that there weren't any mistakes. And it turns out there really just is this much dispersion in the league uh, this year. Anyway, winning the Pucket division with an average of 103.9 wins. The Susquehanna Spitfires, they make the playoffs 20 out of 20 times. That's hard to do, obviously. Uh, second place in the pucket will surprise nobody. The Berea Bombers, averaging 97.7 wins per pre play and making the playoffs 12 out of 20 times. <laughs> um, interestingly enough, I, I mentioned that uh, Dunedin made the playoffs nine times and Berea made the playoffs 12 times. Those two teams actually tied for the last playoff spot twice in, in, in consecutive replays that I ran. They finished with the same record. Uh, and, and, so, and they had the fourth or tied for the fourth playoff spot. So interesting enough there. Uh, Middletown finishes third in the pucket division with an average of 79.3, exactly the same as Arizona. Um, 79.3 wins per pre-play, no playoff appearances in fourth place. The Patcong Lumberjacks. This is not a terrible team. It's a bad team, don't get me wrong, but it's not a terrible team, especially for a second-year franchise. 71. Uh, 71 and 91 average season for them. No playoff appearances, though. Silver City comes in fifth with an average of 64.9 wins. And in last place, my spreadsheet called it, with an average of 52.3. That is significantly above, the, I guess, the 45 wins that my spreadsheet predicted. 52.3. The, um, the Fort Duquesne Corsairs. So the best pre-play of all, not too surprisingly, was Elm Grove. They had one pre-play in which they went 118-44. and 44. That would break the record for best regular season in RBA history, a record, incidentally, held by Elm Grove, a record that is 20 years old. <laughs> the worst pre-play of all, not surprisingly, held by Fort Duquesne. They had a pre-play in which they won 40 games, and lost 122. That's awful, but it would not break the record for worst pre-play ever. It actually would not, because the 2016 Las Vegas effect in the actual RBA season went 37 and 125. 37 and 125. So anyway, um, if you look at these two divisions, it's funny, there's a clear hierarchy in each, right? And the Larkin-Elm Grove is an all-time great, uh, the all-time greatest kind of category. Um, Las Vegas is, is a super great team. Dunedin is a borderline great team. Arizona is the, pretty much the definition of average. Ahmedabad is terrible. And Atlanta is super terrible. In the pocket, you've got Susquehanna in great, you know, super great, we'll say status. Uh, Berea is, I would say a great team. Middletown is league average-ish. Lopat Kong is bad, but not terrible. Silver City is terrible, and Fort Duquesne is super terrible, historically terrible. So so there's a very clear hierarchy and I have to say that when I ran these pre-plays, I had probably less fun than I normally do because there are five teams fighting over four playoff spots. It's better than four playing over uh, fighting over four. <laughs> but I mean, Dunedin got the uh, Dunedin got a playoff seed nine times. Uh and Berea got a playoff seed 12 times. And Las Vegas missed once. I mean, basically it's those five teams. Um Arizona's gonna just try to have fun this season. Uh we mostly tried to focus on the future while trying to strike that balance of putting out a respectable ball club this year. I I think we achieved it, but uh, you know, there's no guarantee that we'll be good in 2022 obviously, or 2023. Uh we're just hoping. And I think Middletown is kind of in the same boat. Uh anyway, so I think that's about it, I, I don't think I have anything else, um, I probably forgot one or two things, but you know, I uh, I didn't do a whole lot of prep for this one, because uh, I don't know, I'm excited to play my series, I guess, <laughs> my, uh, my opening home series, and I think that's going to be it for now, uh, we will be back in early May, uh, possibly even late April, I'm trying to kind of Get these out a little bit early um, with uh, the 30th episode of This Week in Fake Ball, in which we will pick up on the league's history, beginning with what we now call the modern era. We left off, we left off at the end of 2013, and we didn't know it at the time, but 2014 was gonna be a time of great change in the RBA's history. We moved from 81 games per team to 162. We moved from JR's old calculator-based program, which he was then running on his computer, to APBA baseball. And um, very shortly after 2014, we would introduce cash. I believe cash uh, was introduced in 2015. The auction was introduced in 2016. And teams started playing their games in uh, 2015, I believe it was, as well. So there was a sort of transitional phase that really began in 2014 and probably finished in 2016 that we're about to talk about over the next several months. So hope you join me for that. It should be fun. And we're getting now to a recent enough part of the league's history where more coaches um, were coming into the league. So we're not far off of uh, Aaron Anderson coming in, um, John Ritchie even i believe uh anyway and uh, some others so it should be it should be pretty interesting for now though i think that's all i have so i'll talk to you in about a month and by then the season will be well underway and we should have a good time seeing how everything plays out i'll i'll talk to you all in about a month until then have a good one everybody